that's like we're almost never able to see the big picture in our normal academic surroundings. It's always, I have another math test, I have another project, I have a presentation to give. It's always something like that and we're never really able to zoom out and see the big picture. And if anything, it's at least helped us realize that life is not about school and grades and just beating everybody else. And if you give them the time and you give them the opportunity to do these things that you might not expect, these teenagers will do so many great things that you would not expect them to do. This pandemic has forced students to learn at home and educators have had to make a fast pivot to remote teaching. This season, I'm talking with teachers and students across the United States to find the silver linings of our situation, to find out what matters most in school, and to use those lessons as we reimagine the future of education. This is Change the Narrative, the podcast about innovation in education and the workplace. I'm your host and tour guide, Michael Hernandez. Ellie Kim is just completing her junior year at Monta Vista High School in Cupertino, California. She's a competitive dancer and competes with the Monta Vista dance team. Off campus, Ellie is an active member of her community, serving in her city's youth activity board and other volunteer organizations. Being selected as the editor-in-chief of for next year's Monta Vista yearbook staff, Ellie has become passionate about all kinds of journalism, along with being an aspiring STEM major. She is thankful for this opportunity to speak about and learn more about how quarantine is shaping the lives and aspirations of students today. Um, and also joining Ellie Kim is Navia Rao, who is also a junior at Monta Vista High School. Um, she is involved in several clubs, including being vice president of the school's speech and debate team and being an officer for Technovation, an app development club. In her free time, she loves to sing, write, take long walks, hang out with friends, and blast Taylor Swift songs even though it drives her family crazy. Um, you and me both, Navia. <laughs> uh, except for the Taylor Swift part. I just drive my family crazy. <laughs> um, thank you guys so much for joining me. Um, it's really an honor to have you. Thank you. For thank you for having us. So I've worked with uh, your teacher, Ms. Gupta, with National Geographic Teacher Advisory Council. And that's how the three of us met. Um, and so I'm trying to find out from students who are probably the most important stakeholder in all of this thing with remote school and distance learning and all that stuff. And I really want to hear from you guys what, what this has been like for you and what you've learned. So I'm really excited to hear your thoughts. So maybe you guys could just tell me what remote school has been like for you so far. Um, okay, so I think first off, remote school has just been really different. That's like the one main word I can think of. There's definitely been the pros and cons. Um, like on one hand, it's a lot harder to form more like authentic relationships, like with your classmates, and even with your teacher. But on the other hand, it is a lot more flexible, which has its benefits. So it has been both. Yeah, I feel like it's affecting a lot of people differently. Um, being somebody personally that always relied on having that really built-in schedule, having the day kind of have to push me forward, it's been really interesting to have all this leisure time and to find the motivation from something else. So I think it's a really interesting, like, eye-opening experience so far. So Ellie, what do you mean, like, all this leisure time? Are you just, like, slacking off and playing video games and stuff? Or, like, what's happening? I mean, because... Because we came into quarantine as like an emergency, so things like uh, 
credit no credit happened and the school days are just a lot shorter so we only have like one to two classes a day so there is just in general more time away from doing work time which is really great in some sense but in a lot of other ways it's just a lot of homework and like baggage added instead so I would say leisure time not just like slacking off but just more time in the day in general. So you guys are both very active, both inside and outside of school, and Ms. Gupta is an AP chemistry teacher, so it's not like you guys are taking really easy classes. It's pretty rigorous course load and extracurriculars and stuff. And so when you say that there's more leisure time, do you, mean, do you think that um, before we went to remote learning that there was a lot of time that wasn't being used efficiently? Is that what you mean? Or your time was sucked up with other things? Or what, what do you mean exactly? Um, I think before remote learning, there was definitely, I guess, a greater stress, a greater stress on like quantity of work rather than quality. Almost, it was a lot of busy work we would have, and I know from like even talking to a lot of my other friends who go to the same school that, like, like thinking about it right now, we have no idea how we used to do it because we pretty much like woke up early before school, did work, did work at school, did work at home until we slept, and like we did it all again. So it was just a lot of, I guess, a combination of busy work, studying for studying for tests, and also like a lot of stress that was just built up, and that really just sucked out all of our time. So that's why now with remote learning, the transition um, and the difference is a lot more apparent to us. Like we definitely feel a significant difference in leisure time and, um, you know, just more time in general. Yeah, in regards to workload, uh, I feel as though during school time, when we used to have 45-minute periods on some days rather than block days on others, uh, because schedules now is all of them are block periods, all of them are an hour and a half, basically. Um, Those 45-minute periods, all students will regard them as, like, basically nothing. You get in class and you listen for a bit and you leave, and not having that kind of time in a way is better because you get to use it however you'd like, whether that be sleeping or doing more work. And I think that having that option is very interesting, and it's interesting how different students take it. Do you feel like you guys are missing out or the classes aren't as rigorous because you're not on that quick schedule of waking up and studying and going to school and studying and going after school and studying, you know, cramming and like stressing out. Uh, Some people would call that rigorous, right? Um, What you need to do, prepare you for college or whatever, um, versus sleeping until like 8.30 or 9 and doing work. I mean, do you feel like you've lost out because of this new schedule? Um. Um yeah I do in a way I feel as though um having this time and like being on remote learning because it was so new and the teachers also didn't know I feel as though I did lose out a bit on my uh, learning experience for the second semester of junior year especially because different teachers take it differently Uh, some of my teachers were really good about meeting for an hour and a half and having a workload for us on school or google classroom and some teachers like you log on say hi and then they leave so like having that differentiate uh, between classes as well is also hard to say how my overall learning was because in some areas it was really great but then in others it was lacking i think for me the thing that i feel like that i've kind of lost more than the learning itself is my work ethic because I used to kind of I used to be pretty proud of my work ethic like I was pretty good about doing things like that but now if I even have to work for like an hour straight I'm ready to take like a three-hour break 
So my work ethic has just like drastically decreased. <laughs> so I think a lot of us, including myself, feel that way too. Um, do you think that's because, you, I mean, what were you working for before? It was primarily just like work for school or like work for my extracurricular like clubs or activities. It was like mainly things like that. It's like very like structured academic learning and working. Yeah, uh, for me, I felt as though I had specific times in the day when I had to get work done. Uh, for me, I danced after school. So the time that I had like during an open period would be me like cramming to get my homework done. So I didn't have to do it after school. I don't really have that kind of time stress anymore. So I feel as though that's how effective like um, concentration kind of went down as well. Mm. And so, I mean, you guys clearly are motivated, high-performing students at a pretty challenging school. Um, so I'm curious about this idea of motivation and what motivated you before? Was it just like the schedule that you had to conform to or was it like the love of learning, like you were passionate about your subject matter? Um, and, and how has that changed? Are you not passionate about that subject matter anymore? Or I, I'm just sort of curious, like, what, what switched? Um, I think what motivated me before was, in a way, actually enjoying a subject, because I definitely saw myself putting significantly more time and effort into subjects that I enjoyed um, compared to subjects that I found dry. But I feel like the main thing that has changed now is that previously, in addition to having a love of learning, there was always that constant baggage and weight on our shoulders of like you know getting a good grade in a class and that sometimes even um like took away from like the joy that like certain subjects would give me when I became like way too focused on the grade so I mean in a way with remote learning I feel like like we even switched to credit no credit so grades are literally gone so it kind of gave everyone a chance to focus on actually loving to learn if they wanted to but I mean, I feel like it's something that's really easy to say. Like when we had grades, everyone would say, oh, hey, if grades weren't a thing, we would all love to learn, still put in the same amount of effort. But it's just, you know, there's a disparity between what we expect and reality. And the reality was um, some of us got less motivated, like we found it hard. So there definitely, I think, would need to be a balance between the two. And the hard part is just finding that proper balance. Yeah, going off of that, I feel as though students have a big impact on other students. So I would say if I didn't get a concept in chemistry or in math or something, I would study extra hard and like put in that, I would be motivated to put in more work for it so that when I go to class the next day, I didn't look like I didn't know what I was doing. But now I don't really have that aspect. And I feel as though a lot of students do put in more work so that they can feel as though they are on top of their class. They feel as though they are doing the most that they can to stand out in that sort of sense. But being online and being able to just work at my own pace, if I don't get something, then I'll like do the best that I can. But then I would focus more on things that I like that I thought was important for me to know, which was for me like things like journalism, things like design, going into next year because we're um, scrambling for the yearbook, things like that. Like I was spending time on that because I felt motivated to be better at it rather than looking better for my peers. Interesting. So there's that element of competition that maybe was motivating you before and you don't see that uh, and competition between your classmates. I know talking to my students, which are kind of a similar demographic of school for you guys is 
comparing to each other, you know, with their grades, what classes are you taking? Do you ever feel like judged or people look at you differently if you're not in that high powered class or your grade doesn't like match theirs? I mean, what's that like? Um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely always that like stigma around like grades and what course are you taking? And it's almost, it's essentially become a norm for people to, you know, go around just like stating like, I'm in blah, blah, blah math class. What math class are you in? And I don't know if someone's in a lower math class and they're having a hard time. And a comment that I hear often in our school is, oh, well, at least you're not in AP Calc BC. It's way harder for us or something like that. Like, there's just a lot of like implicit stress and pressure around what courses you're taking and the grades you have. Yeah, I I definitely have a strong opinion on that because my family personally never pushed me to like take the hardest classes. I know that a lot of students have that pressure and I'm thankful that I didn't, but still here I am like caring a lot about it. And I know that personally it came from my peers and like the fact that I wanted to amount to them, not just because of like society, but just in general of how nonchalant it is for people to, I'm going to say that they don't do it on a personal level to like actually hurt your feelings, but they amount the amount of stress that you're taking and then the amount of hard work or how smart you are depending on what classes you're taking in your grades and I think that it's a something that we really need to get past but it's something that is definitely deeply ingrained in how the structure of school is like traditionally. Yeah that's really great to hear that perspective um because I, I I'm curious like when we talk about these ideas of motivation and what motivates someone to do anything I was just talking to a teacher who's a science teacher in Florida uh, in an earlier episode, and she was talking about nobody will change or move unless it's painful or uncomfortable, right? Um, And so I wonder if that motivation, you know, maybe like for the yearbook, you're really motivated to do journalism, right? Or, you know, maybe it's the love of science or something like that that motivates you to do well. And I wonder this external motivation of peer pressure, judgment, um, whether it's coming from your parents or your, your peers, um, am I going to get the grades that I need? It's competition to get into college. Um, is that healthy? Like, yes, it's motivating you to, to do things that are maybe inhuman. <laughs> I mean, the schedule you guys keep with like getting up super early and studying until like, I don't know, how late do you guys study like on a normal like night? Like how late do you stay up? I feel like it's kind of better for me than what I've heard from other students because I just, instead of staying up late, I'll just wake up really early at like 4 a.m. But I like go to bed by like 10 or 10.30 and then I just wake up really early. Okay, but saying that you wake up at 4 a.m. isn't good either, so you can't <laughs> say that. Um, yeah, I, it's definitely not good. I'm a, I'm, I sleep very late, so like 2 a.m., like I'm at that area. Normally, in a regular schedule, not with remote learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and so, like, maybe you're accomplishing all these things, but is that healthy? I think that it's unhealthy only if you think about it in a really competitive sense. I think that the competition is motivating and it can be really good if you think about it personally and say that like, oh yeah, I'm doing this to better myself for my future, uh, for things like that. But if you're saying that 
in a selfish sense that you just want to be better than somebody else or if you just take that really personally and take it against somebody else i think that's when it becomes very unhealthy not only for yourself but you'll never be satisfied that way if you're saying that you always want to beat somebody you're never going to beat everybody so why would you always amount it to that yeah i definitely like i definitely agree with that but i think another aspect that it's unhealthy in is that we kind of develop very narrow almost mindsets like we're almost never able to see the big picture in our normal academic surroundings it's always i have another math test i have another project i have a presentation to give it's always something like that and we're never really able to zoom out and see the big picture and really even take to take the time to like appreciate the small things in life and i feel like this pandemic has really like if anything it's at least helped us realize that life is not about school and grades and just beating everybody else there's a lot more to it there's a lot about like i mean we're all people we all have you know our own story we're all individuals and i guess this is finally like one of the first times that a lot of people in our school are like taking the time to value that um so let me ask you guys what what do you like about remote school what are some advantages of having school at home do you think um i think an advantage of remote school is that in a sense like we get to control our school day rather than the school day controlling us and i found that really helpful because i can kind of you know we only have two classes a day now and basically the rest of the day is free so i've really been able to like work around that and you know make time for myself every day it's not as structured as it, as it used to be and i feel like i can personally thrive more under that even if i don't spend as much time solely on academics i am like genuinely even finding more time to just like FaceTime my friends and things like that. Yeah, I think the customization and like maybe in a, for me I'd say that it would be a good thing for somebody who wasn't doing well when they were in school. I would say that if you had something that was bothering you, if you were having trouble in some other area that was not related to school at the time, I think this is a really cool way to still focus on academics but focus on the things that you're truly passionate about and for those especially who were confused like going into senior year I'm looking into things that I want to major and things that I want to do in the future this is a really great time to actually learn and see the things that I find interesting because those are the things that I'm motivated to do now that like if I was in normal school or if I was doing physical school, everything would look the same. So I feel like it really puts in perspective where you truly feel passionate about things. What are some of the hobbies or activities or interests that you've explored with this extra time that you have now in your schedule? Um, something that I've been looking into, well, I did like cooking and baking, which is like very normal stuff that a lot of kids are doing lately, because apparently during school, we were never in the kitchen, which is like kind of funny. But um, I've been really interested in cinematography, because going on YouTube, whenever I'm bored and stuff like that, um, being that's like a really cool platform for people to post like, some shots or things that they're projects that they're working on. So definitely things uh, within media. I've been very interested in I've been doing a lot of research on I've been getting like more into like I guess kind of the arts like I've been spending a lot more time like painting which is something that I used to do like a really long time ago and then I'd kind of quit and stop for a while 
but I finally got to like reconnect with that passion and like in addition like writing was something I used to absolutely love to do for fun in like elementary and middle school and it had also kind of died off towards the beginning of high school but then this like remote learning situation really gave me the chance to like reconnect with some of those passions that I had kind of almost just lost along the way. That's really great. I love that. And I, I feel like so much of school is academic and very one side of your brain. And now you're reconnecting with the whole brain, <laughs> you know, whether it's the baking or the artistic side, which is so healthy. Um, that's really great to hear that. Yeah. I have some students who like started a business, you know, they just like decided they're going to, they had time to do it. So like, why not? Like, all right. <laughs> um, that's great. So how have your teachers handled this shift to online learning? Um, you, you said that some of them are more savvy with it or have, a, have their heads wrapped around it and other ones are, are not. So can you tell me a little bit about what that transition has been like for the teachers? Um, yeah, like, like Ellie said earlier, there's definitely been a very wide range of teachers being on top of it and teachers kind of not. I know most of my teachers have actually done a pretty good job of being on top of it. Some of them have started incorporating a kind of like split class sort of situation where they don't actually use the entirety of the 90 minutes for the whole class, but rather they'll split the class into like two or three different groups so that we can have a bit of more, bit more of that personal connection. But then I also have friends who've been like, we've never been on Zoom for the past three months, not even once, because their teacher just told them that they can't deal with Zoom. So definitely a wide range. Yeah, I, it hurts to say, but sometimes it does just feel like a list of assignments. It really, especially because it's not the beginning of the year, it's the end of the year. So you're just finishing up those big projects, especially like essays and math assignments, things like that. Um, but I'm fortunate enough to notice that I get to see my teachers' lives a bit more. Like a lot of my teachers have little young kids and it's really cute or like pets and they really like to bring that into the classroom. And I find that really funny. But also I see that they struggle trying to find the balance between their families and this online learning. So it was really fortunate for me to notice that kind of change. Yeah, that's so interesting because um, for everyone listening, Cupertino is the home of Apple. It's in the middle of Silicon Valley. So to have here that teachers are struggling with running Zoom seems sort of ironic to me. <laughs> um, but okay. <laughs> um, that, I mean, we can go off and talk about that another, in another episode. But um, yeah, I, I'm curious about this connection that you have with teachers because I know I've been a teacher for a long time and both of my parents were teachers. And so when you run into a student out in the wild, you know, like outside of class, like, isn't that awkward? You're like, uh, <laughs> so what's it like seeing to their house? Yeah. What's I feel like, like the whole experience is like finding your teacher at like target. It's like, you're seeing them in a totally different sense. And in a way it's kind of nice because they look like normal and they look like their hair is a little more scruffy than usual. And they're not as like, <laughs> confident. They're a little more relaxed and um, things like that. And I think that it's really fun in a way. And it's a lot, it puts a lot of less pressure on the student to really shape up during online learning and things like that. Uh, but it also like brings the connection between student and teacher on more of a real level. And it shows you like that sometimes you feel like you're doing work for nobody, but you're actually doing work for your teacher and you're doing work that your teacher gave you. So I think that it, it really does bring that personal connection into the classroom. Yeah. And I think that also because of like being able to connect more with your teacher, 
a lot of like our in-class discussions and topics have almost become like more real in a sense. Previously, we used to talk primarily about the academic subjects, but I feel like now teachers and students alike have started valuing like, you know, actually checking in more often, asking people how they're doing, how they're dealing with the situation. And I mean, just establishing that sense of connection is so valuable and important. And like, we get to share about ourselves and also like, you know, empathize with others, understand what's going on in their lives. So I really appreciate that sense of like increased connectivity that's come out of this. Well, that's really fascinating. Um, so the sense of empathy for your teacher, like, do you feel like that's more of a motivating factor to see them as like a real human being as opposed to just like this cold employee of the school district? Does that, do you think that motivates you to do better work or different kinds of work? Yeah, definitely. I feel like especially when we get to hear things from their perspective and you know, almost like humanize them, like see them as a true person. It's a lot easier to understand where they're coming from. And like Ellie said a little earlier, why we're actually putting in all this effort. It's not just, you know, to get an A or get into college, like our work actually makes a difference. And, you know, our teacher is just trying to teach us something that they truly love. And we're just trying to grasp any amount of that love and passion for a subject that we can. So it's really helped in that sense. It's really fantastic. Yeah. I feel it's the same for teachers too, like getting a better sense and understanding of our students too. Like you think the kids come into your class, you see them for your 45 minutes or 90 minutes or whatever. And they're just a, they're a student sitting in a desk. They're an essay that you're grading. They're a multiple choice test. And why didn't you turn in your homework? You know, why didn't you do better? Or how come you're messing around in the back and not paying attention? Um, by the way, FYI, teachers are the worst in like in our faculty meetings paying attention. So just top secret insight there. So you guys shared a lot of ideas about what you like uh, so far about this remote school. Um, what do you think are some aspects of remote learning that you think we should keep once the pandemic is over? Um, I think something that would be great to continue um, even after the pandemic ends is just like the increased sense of like, communication we're getting like from teachers and other students and I feel like that could be seen in several ways like typically at like at our school we usually have like three days of tutorials and like office hours to like discuss with teachers but because of remote learning we've been having that like every single day which is like a whole hour of time that we just get to like you know interact with our teachers it doesn't even need to be like academic based but it's just like one-on-one -on -one interaction time and I feel like that's something I've valued a lot and it's really helped me like first off, have more like casual conversations with teachers, but also like get more help on individual subjects. So that would be like extremely beneficial to continue um, even past remote learning. And then I think that something else that's just really great, it would be like focusing more on quality over quantity in terms of just like workload and homework. Um, so then that way, you know, we can learn to love the subject more and then perhaps with that extra time we save from not doing so much busy work we can you know focus on interacting with each other interacting with our teachers doing things that we're passionate about so it's not just all about mundane work um the shorter my zoom classes are i feel like the teachers realize that there's not really that much they need to say so i think that realizing going back to school 
that maybe there's a class day where you feel as though it's like that short Zoom, it's like not that much to say, more working, really letting the students know about that, giving them the time to actually do work during the class period rather than a lecture, rather than a presentation, would be really nice to have going back because it takes some of that stress off and also has more of an effective time. Uh, yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, some of my Zoom meetings with my students can take a full hour or over an hour, and other times, like 15 minutes and then we're out. You guys get to work. And Navia, maybe you were saying this, but it sounds like you're talking about more of like a mentorship kind of situation uh, rather than a quote unquote teacher situation. And, and I say mentorship because you said, you know, you, you enjoy having them talk to you not only about academics, but other things too. Um, and maybe going back to this idea you guys were talking about earlier about the whole person, you know, and seeing you as like a human being and learning and growing and supporting this human being rather than this quote unquote student who's sitting in a desk, who's got a score attached to them or a GPA attached to them. It's an interesting perspective. You guys are speaking of which you guys are doing some interesting things in your AP chemistry class. So Ms. Gupta was telling me about this program that you guys started last semester before the pandemic happened. Um, and uh, it's about character strengths. So it's not even about chemistry or science or it's not even academic. Um, can you tell me a little bit about what that program is like and what you guys are doing with that? Yeah, the idea behind the program is that it's just as important to be able to understand yourself and your character strengths. Um, it's just as important as understanding any subject matter or concept. So what Ms. Gupta had everyone do is that at the beginning of the year, we all took a character strengths quiz that would basically rank our different character strengths and show us that we're really strong in this one area, but at the same time, we need to improve in this other area. So then after that, each of us chose one character strength that we wanted to work out, work on throughout the year. And we kind of just tracked our progress, set up goals for ourselves and things like that to really just focus on one non-academic personal improvement sort of project for the whole year. Yeah, I think the she showed us a video in the beginning of the year that had to do with growth mindset and how it had to do with you are in control of whatever you want to grow in, whether that be chemistry or it be something personal. So I feel as though um, many of us were urged to take this opportunity as a way to f um, grow in a way that you feel is beneficial and important to you. So that regarded a character strength or something like um, your organization or your leadership skills or things like that. And I felt as though it was a very unique experience. No teacher has ever done anything about that. You've taken personality tests, but it wasn't exactly a personality test either. It was more of a, it was a trait that you wish that you had and you had the opportunity to work on it. And that was basically the project that you were graded on and it spanned the entire year. So how has that worked out for you guys? I think that it's been really great. Um, the strength that I chose to focus on was like positivity and motivation because that was one of my lowest character strengths at the beginning. Prior to starting this project, deviating from like academic work was something I felt guilty about. Like if I wanted to stop and like paint my nails for like 10 minutes or something, I was like, okay, now you need to really ramp up your math studying because you wasted all this time painting your nails or something like that. But I feel like just working on this project really taught me that self-care doesn't need to be a guilt. It can just be just as essential a part of your schedule as academics or like working on an organization, prepping for an important meeting. And it really helped me realize that. And I feel like now I'm 
able to incorporate much more like actual self-care and mindful activities in my day without having that constant feeling of guilt taking over. Yeah, we had a check-in about the corn or we had a check-in about the character strength at the end of the year and each student had to say for about like two minutes the things that they were working on, what character strength that they had and how they felt that it worked. And some students said that like you can tell that they didn't really do it. And for some you can tell that they really took it to heart. Um, personally I worked on zest, which is just the general enthusiasm and energy for living. And that was one of my lowest was actually really sad for me but it kind of made sense because I was going into my junior year but I took it to heart and something that I liked was being able to look back at the bigger picture and when I think about um, if I had had this character strength project every single year of my student life like my 11 years of school what purpose could I have had it just focuses on growing in a sense that you cannot physically see, but it is so impactful for the rest of their lives. So I think that it was a really eye-opening experience. Wow. So Ellie, if you don't mind my asking, why did you choose Zest or the passion for life? They, the skills were listed from like what you most exhibited to least exhibited. And it was definitely like one of the bottom five. But the main reason why I picked it was because I've never heard of it before. And that was actually really sad because you think that having zest or like energy for life is something that everybody wants to have and wants to think about. But no, because in real life, you think about it as success. I thought zest at first was success, but you look it up and it's actually just energy and enthusiasm for whatever you're doing. So I thought that that was very interesting and not many people were doing that character strength. So I decided to do it and I'm really, really glad that I did it. Yeah. Hmm. That's really interesting, confusing success with passion or success with love of life or energy. Mm, yeah, I wonder how many people are feeling zest these days. <laughs> I mean, maybe there's, I know some people are lost, but also you guys are talking about maybe you have a zest now, Navia, for painting and writing again, right? Um, how do you guys, how does that fit into all of this stuff as far as, you, know, you think about school education is like learning things skills, knowledge, facts. How does this zest for life or how does these, this emphasis on character traits fit into any of that learning process? What do you think? Uh, I believe that having a zest for life, having energy for just waking up and doing things is the exact way that you prosper in school. Many students, you walk into first period and you're tired and you're lazy. And that's the main reason why people don't get work done, especially during quarantine. You don't have the luxury to just force yourself to go to school and be in a classroom where you can only do work. Uh, personally, I was a person that always went to coffee shops or went out of my house to do homework because it helped me like laser focus on what I was doing because I didn't want to focus on all the other stuff that was going on. But now being at home and actually finding the reason to be excited about whatever you're doing, whether it be working or having fun, it gives you the motivation to do exactly what you want to do and need to do. And I think that's really important for all students to have. And it's something that's really easy to lose because of how stressful everything is. Yeah, and it's almost like counterintuitive in a sense, but really the more time that you spend on yourself, on non-academic things, you know, the better you can really manage to do those academic tasks. Yeah, it's interesting. And I, I was going to ask you, Navia, before you mentioned it, like, <clears throat> it seems like it, it's 
distracting you from your studies. Like you guys were in AP chemistry. Shouldn't we spend, be spending time like getting ready for the test, <laughs> which as it turns out was only 45 minutes. And uh, <laughs> that's a whole other story. But um, speaking of like connecting to your humanity and not being stressed out and taking care of yourself, right? Um, taking care of your emotional self as well as your physical self, not just uh, the academic studying and staying up or getting up till in four in the morning or something like that. But uh, what's that like for at your school as far as like student stress, like suicide, depression? I know a lot of um, high performing uh, high schools struggle with that issue. What's that like for you guys at your school? Um, yeah, I think just under normal circumstances, like stress and depression are things that I guess a lot of people at our school deal with, but are almost afraid to mention. Like, I feel like even the term depression has just become so normalized at our school. Like people just throw it around left and right to the extent that if someone's actually dealing with something like that, they feel like, um, you know, they feel like it's undervalued or insignificant just because if someone I don't know gets a B on a test they're like oh I'm depressed I'm gonna go kill myself or something like that and that really just takes away from the severity of the issue and I feel like a lot of a lot of people at our school are just constantly joking about topics like that so the students who are truly dealing with that are often faded into the background and end up not even having a voice to share. Yeah, going off with the desensitization to those big issues, for me personally, because I never wanted to disregard it as just, oh, they're joking. I feel as though for so many students at school, they joke about it because it's something that they're dealing with. And I think we are a very high-performing school. We do do very well academically, and that comes with a lot of stress, and that is very normal. And many teachers, my teachers, like all admin, they always talk about how much stress is on our campus. And I believe that the idea of just suicide and depression is something that is so vocalized in our community in a way as something that's like taboo, but also really, really hits home for so many students. And I think that uh, not only bringing awareness to it, but having an outlet to do something about it is what we need the most it's always around and I don't know why people still don't think that it exists. Yeah. You know, I'm curious also just sort of like a global perspective, 30,000 foot view. Um, You know, you hear this is like a a big problem at a lot of high performing schools and you might see other people going, well, what do you have to complain about? You have a big house, your parents are employed, you have plenty of food to eat. You're not dodging bullets from gang fights or anything like that. You're not in a war zone. Um, you know, poor rich kid, like, what's your sense of that? How do you react to like that, that mindset that might be out there about that? Uh, Yeah, I think that is why many students get silenced, especially in quarantine. Like, you say that you're sad that you're not going to have graduation or something, but everybody always shuts you down and says, oh, but you're not like dying. Things like that, or the way of just ranking other people's emotions, things that you cannot physically see, like a heart attack versus a broken leg. Like, everyone's doing that to their mental health. And I'm very sick and tired of it because it doesn't make sense. Who is you to say that one person's pain is not relative to another because we're, we were not in both situations. We were only in one. So we only know how much, how overwhelming it is to be in this situation. Um, in regards to Monavista and stress, 
we believe that we have a lot of stress because we are a high-performing school, but nobody ever takes away from it because in a sense that's like something we're proud of because we are high performing we are do we do work really hard but it doesn't mean that we have to sacrifice our own health and our own like dignity in that sense just to reach that standard yeah and i think at like the core of the issue it goes back to the whole comparison thing that we were talking about earlier like in one sense we're comparing like you know comparing each other academically but on the other end we still for some reason feel the need to like almost standardize different people's like issues or even complaints and that really ends up drowning out a lot of people's voices and I feel like several people people at our school feel almost like they can't complain or let if they do they're just going to be misinterpreted or that no one will be willing to listen just because you know we're often aware that we have a lot of privilege and a lot of our a lot of students at our school are very aware of that which is why they're also a lot more afraid to admit different vulnerabilities and difficulties that they're going through because they don't want to seem like they're being offensive and often when they're deciding between which side to take it just ends up being i'm just not going to say anything at all so Having all this independence, time to explore your passions, your hobbies, and rekindle the creativity and the humanity and that self-care, um, and also being holed up with your parents and your family, uh, instead of that escape valve of going to the coffee shop, I totally get that. Um, what have you guys learned about yourself while being on quarantine? Um, I think that before quarantine started, I really used to like consider myself an introvert. Like that would be like literally one of like my character things that I would tell people. Like I always knew I wasn't like hardcore stereotypical introvert that was just like huddled in a corner with a book. But I also knew that I wasn't necessarily like loud kid. Um, but I think that quarantine really helped me realize how much social interaction I actually do rely on every single day. Like in school, you know, you see your friends during brunch, lunch, and classes, and you don't really think of that as like extra social interaction. But then when all of that is gone and you're calling them like 10 times a day, you're suddenly like, oh, shoot, I really am a social person. And yeah, that's definitely something I've learned about myself. And I've been able to work around that by like prioritizing calling my, calling my friends, really like spending time with my family, calling up my cousins, things like that. Yeah, I think a lot of students are realizing how much social interaction is important. What I miss the most is the interactions that I have with my classmates, not necessarily the people that I am super close to, not close enough to like text them or call them right away, but we talk like in classes and that's the relationship that I miss the most because I don't talk to them very much anymore. But um going into next year and realizing that COVID's still going to have a big effect on my senior year. Um, I think that's something that's really going to affect all the students is being more aware of and grateful for what you have and really living in the moment. I think that that is something that I'm excited that many of our generation is going to take into the future because when we're like 30, we'll remember like, oh, I wasn't able to go outside when I was a teenager. And I feel as though it'll be really nice for us to look back and be like excited that we have a second chance all, all, all of a sudden or that we are able to really take advantage of all the opportunities that we were given at the time instead of just disregarding them. That's great. So like a newfound appreciation for 
a lot of things, right? Your relationships, your opportunities being outside. Um, yeah. Wow. Fantastic. So what are you guys hopeful for for next year when you think about school in the fall? Um, I'm really excited to be on campus. I, I know that a lot of students would never say that in their entire life, but I'm so excited to go back to school. And it's really hard for me to hear that um, our fall might be online as well. But something that I'm definitely excited about is to have a change of mindset, to have that new zest for actually being a high school student and having that those four years, they go by so quickly. And this last one is going to be a really rocky, but I'm really excited to end it off strong and know that whatever opportunity I do get, it's very, I'm very thankful for them because I could so easily not have them. Yeah, similar, similar to what Ellie talked about. I'm just really excited to like, see art school again. Like I know a lot of people, especially for Mona Vista, like the whole campus or the whole building is basically made of bricks. And it was kind of just like a joke among everyone, like, oh, look at our ugly brick campus. But like for the first time, I want to see those bricks so badly, like I miss it. And, you know, I'm just really hopeful that we can finally like make the most out of our time, value like every single interaction we have, like every small kind thing someone does to us. And, you know, just really start seeing the bigger picture. Um, and I think that's especially important considering that we're going to be like going to college and into the real world in like two years. So it's about time that we really broadened our own perspective of the world. That's great. Great advice. Um, what else would you like to share about school closures and remote work? I would like to point out that when you ask a student what they've been doing, it will never be something really academic. When you ask them what's something new that you learned, it is the arts, it is business, it is something that they are truly passionate about. For some of them, it might be math, but for most, it's something really interesting. I know so many students that are going into like quilting and sewing, and you'd never assume that a teenager would want to do that, but they do. And if you give them the time and you give them the opportunity to do these things that you might not expect, these teenagers will do so many great things that you would not expect them to do. Yeah, and something else about remote learning is that people have like become super creative in just like the different things that they can do to like even like see their friends or things like that. Like I know a bunch of people have been having like socially distanced like picnics even which is not something like anyone would have thought of before but they're like literally like gathering up like more than six feet apart just to like talk um people have started like watching movies together online like still like listening to music together and just like doing all these cool things that no one would have thought of earlier which i think is really a really good part about distance learning and having a lot more time to ourselves that's fantastic. Uh, I feel like, you know, when you have a challenge like that, you rise to the occasion, you become creative, right? It's that creativity and innovation that has to happen for you to survive and succeed. Well, this has been a really great conversation, you guys, Ellie Kim and Navya Rao um, from Monta Vista High School in Cupertino. I appreciate you guys sharing your thoughts with me. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. And I felt like I was you know, losing track of myself before this even happened. So I think with having all this free time in our own hands, I was able to just reflect on everything and how I can be better in multiple situations. Next time on Change the Narrative, a high school freshman shares her insights about how remote learning has helped her develop a growth mindset 
to become a better student and a better person. If you like the podcast, rate us and write us a review. It helps people find us. And don't forget to sign up for our monthly email newsletter. You can find the details on our website, changethenarrative.net.